Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you all doing? A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihil kareem. Rabbishrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma ahdi qalbi wa saddid lisani wasrul sakhimata qalbi. Amin ya rabbil alameen. Inshallah we'll begin Kitabul Hajj from Bab 21. Even though we covered the hadith in our previous class, but I want to go over it one more time uh, because there's a lot of uh, benefits related to ihram that we can learn from this hadith. So we'll repeat it inshallah. Bab ma la yalbasul muhrimu min al-thiyab. Chapter, what is it that the muhrim should not wear in terms of clothing? Meaning what clothing should a person in ihram not wear? So we're talking about what a person can not wear. And when we have a list of what cannot be worn, this means that everything else can be, everything else can be worn, right? This is similar to how in the Quran we're told about what we cannot eat. So if we're given the list of what cannot be done, that means that everything else can be done. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك عن نافع عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رجلا قال يا رسول الله So Abdullah ibn Umar reported that a man said, O Messenger of Allah, ما يلبس المحرم من الثياب? What clothing should a muhrim wear? قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم replied, لا يلبس القمص That the muhrim should not wear قمص قمص, we discussed this earlier, this is قميص, shirt ولا العمائم And he should not wear the turban, ولا السراويلات, nor trousers, ولا البرانس, nor the burnus, ولا الخفاف, nor leather socks. إلا أحد, except for the person who لا يجد نعليني, who does not find sandals, فليلبس خفيني, then he will wear leather socks. However, وليقطعهما, he will cut them both, أسفل من الكعبيني, so that they are under the ankles. وَلَا تَلْبَسُوا مِنَ الثِّيَابِ شَيْئًا And do not wear anything of clothing that مَسَّهُ زَعْفَرَانُ أَوْ وَرْسٌ That has been touched by زَعْفَرَان or ورس. And these two are basically fragrances. So we learn over here that the man asked what should the muhrim wear and the Prophet ﷺ responded that he should not wear this and this. And we see that Imam Bukhari brings the bab in the same way following the Prophet ﷺ in terms of wording also. So remember that ittiba' following the Prophet ﷺ is in terms of actions, doing what he did. And sometimes it's also in terms of wording, saying the exact same words which he has said. And this of course when it comes to worship is necessary. Correct? Like for example in salah, when you're in rukur, you cannot just say anything, right? You have to say what the Prophet ﷺ taught us to say. Correct? But even in other matters, alright, in ways in regards to issues that are not purely religious, still if we follow, if we use the exact same words as the Prophet ﷺ did, in this of course a person will get the reward of their love for the Prophet ﷺ. Now secondly, we see over here that the Prophet ﷺ listed what should not be worn. And that is easy to understand than to understand what exactly should be worn. Because what exactly should be worn is more restrictive. Now, what exactly should not be worn? First of all, qumus. Qumus, qamis, shirt. And a shirt is that which is tailored to fit. 
whether it is stitched or not stitched doesn't matter as long as it is tailored to fit is a qameez and it can be long it can be short and what can be included in this in modern day is what something like a t-shirt or even a button down shirt even a thob okay because it is tailored to fit secondly amaim amaim amama is basically what is wrapped on the head a turban and we're talking about men not women over here a man is not allowed to wear a turban during hajj okay in ihram and this means that a man is not allowed to cover his head in ihram and remember that covering the head is of various kinds okay it can be done in different ways one way of covering the head is that a man is wearing something on his head that is literally touching the head it's sitting on the head and the purpose of wearing that is to cover the head like for example for example a hat okay or a turban or even a towel or in some cultures men have like a scarf a ghatra all right so this is not allowed even we know that uh, we learned that when a man in ihram died the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wala tukhammiru ra'sahu do not cover his head meaning when you're shrouding him shroud his body but do not cover his head so a man cannot cover his head during hajj at all okay this is the general rule exactly not even a kufi because a kufi is sitting on the head now what about something that comes over the head but is not touching the head like for example umbrella or for instance you're sitting in the car okay and the roof of the car is over your head you're going the tent all right and the tent is over the head so remember that this is something allowed okay a haji a man can carry an umbrella and sometimes it's necessary because of the heat and we learned that even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made use of this we have numerous narrations where we learned that during the hajj uh, or or the the narrations that talk about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's hajj we learned that he went into a tent all right or for example we learned that some companions were holding their cloth up by him or behind him in order to cover him from the sun so holding it like an umbrella so this is something permissible men can do that so you see the purpose is not to torture people okay the purpose is that everyone should be the same and the third possibility of covering the head is what is placed on the head such as a bag like for example a person has a heavy bag and they're very good at balancing things on their head so they decide to put it on their head luggage now this depends on the intention why is a person putting their bag on their head is the intention to cover the head or is the intention to really carry that bag because innama al-a'malu binniyat actions are according to intentions so if the intention is transportation then that's completely permissible but if the intention is to cover the head then is that permissible no it is not now what if a pilgrim is sick or a man in ihram gets injured and they need a bandage okay like for example a big bandage on the head is that allowed or let's say it's really cold and the person in ihram is uh, doing hajj tamattur so they did umrah a few days ago and they had their head shaved and now their head is fully exposed and it's really cold can they put something on their head to protect themselves from the cold yes they can so in a case of extreme necessity okay there is fear of 
getting sick or their sphere of uh, the sickness getting worse or for the purpose of treatment okay like for example putting a bandage on the head or something like that then yes he may you know wear the hat for example to protect himself from his heat stroke getting worse all right or even putting a cloth on the head to you know take shelter against the cold okay but this is of course only temporary and for this there is no fidya however let's say you know some people have a habit of um, covering their head when they're sleeping right so if let's say you know a man is sleeping and of course it's a man that you know and they're sleeping and they cover their head what should you do what should you do you should uncover it as long as they won't get offended like it's your dad your brother your husband your friend or in the case of men so in that case you can uncover because this is a part of ta'awun wa al-birri wa taqwa cooperating with each other in doing good things okay because a person who's sleeping doesn't realize okay and they may cover their head so it's not allowed so that's exactly what i mentioned right now that in a case where there is fear of getting sick like a genuine fear or a person is already sick and they fear that if they don't cover their head their sickness is going to get aggravated then in that case temporarily they may put something on their head to protect themselves even in case of heat of course if you have an umbrella that's better but let's say you don't have access to an umbrella and you have to walk across a certain area and you know you're already you already have fever and if you start walking in that condition in the heat you're going to get worse so you just take a part of your ihram put it on your head there's nothing wrong with that what about wearing a face mask for men because sometimes that's necessary right there's so many people people are getting sick so that's allowed because it's not in the head okay it's not in the head but it's on the face All right. The next thing that's mentioned in this list is sarawil. And sarawil are pants, okay, or shalwar or whatever version of that, which again is tailored to fit or it is stitched. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen says that there is actually no harm in wearing a stitched lower garment, okay, like an izar, okay, because izar is not sarawil. Sarawil is what? It's got two sections, one for each leg, okay? And it's cut and it's stitched like that or sometimes it's even woven like that so that is not allowed what is allowed is izar so an izar as long as you call it an izar is allowed so for example sometimes you get an ihram sheet which is hemmed from the side perfectly fine or for instance a person has pockets stitched into their izar even that is allowed Sometimes people have a fully a lower izar with even a belt sort of a thing so even that is allowed because it's still an izar and not a sarawil you understand because sarawil is what with two sections one for each leg and izar is something like a like a skirt but if it's stitched fully so that it's like a skirt that's not okay okay because then it's tailored to fit all right izar is supposed to be an open sheet okay which you wrap so if let's say a part of it like a piece of it is such that you can tie it around your waist like a like a belt that's okay if the sides are hemmed so that you know the threads are not coming out even that's okay you have a question yeah that's exactly it yeah a lungi basically is the same thing okay is a waist wrapper okay um 
Then the next thing is baranis, which is basically a hooded coat or a hooded cloak, something like a Moroccan-style thobe. Okay? You may have seen thobes with a hood on the back. So that's basically a baranis. And sometimes it's also in the form of, of a cloak. So that's something that men are not allowed to wear. Then khifaf. Khifaf are socks which basically cover the feet from above and below. Socks which cover the entire feet. So the toes are covered, the top of the foot is covered. So men are not allowed to wear socks, whether they're woolen or they're leather, or even if they're shoes, because they are covering the foot fully. However, we learn an exception over here, that if a person does not have access to sandals, okay? because sandals, what do they do? They, they expose the upper part of the foot. So if a person does not have access to them for whatever reason, sandals got lost, they got stolen, he cannot buy them, he doesn't have the money, he didn't get a chance to go purchase any sandals, he just doesn't have them, or he had them, he forgot them at home, now he's at the airport. So in that case, he can wear socks, okay, whether they're cotton or leather or even a thicker material, it's perfectly fine. Now, this hadith, it specifies that the person should cut their socks so that they are below the ankle. Correct? This is what the hadith specifies, that the ankles should still be uncovered. Now, there is another hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, in which the Prophet ﷺ addressed the people in Arafah. And he only said that whoever does not find sandals should wear socks. And he did not specify cutting over there. So Shaykh ibn Ruthaymin says that this statement came after the hadith of Ibn Umar, which we're reading right now. And so it is to be given preference. So basically his argument is that cutting the socks is not wajib. So let's say a person is wearing their shoes, regular shoes, and they're covering the foot from the top because they don't have access to sandals or sometimes, you know, some people are not able to wear sandals given their foot condition, right? Because if they walk in the sandals, their their back will hurt. Uh, so, or there's a foot injury, all right? So in that case, they can wear their shoes and making sure that the ankle is uncovered is ideal, okay, ideal. And if it's not possible, like for example, are you going to cut your leather shoes now? So that's not necessary. One more thing about sandals, that it's not necessary that they are flip-flops. Flip-flops are not necessary. And we're talking about men over here. If, let's say, the sandal is like a regular sandal with you know a strap at the back and two straps at the top, that's also fine. Because the main thing is, the ideal thing is that the toes... And the top of the foot is exposed. Okay? That's the goal over here. Then the next thing is waras and zafaran. That clothing should not have waras or zafaran. And remember that waras is a plant uh, that is very similar to zafaran. It's from Yemen. It's very fragrant and it is used as perfume and also uh, for its color. So remember we learned this earlier that the clothing of a muhrim cannot have perfume on them. So even if the perfume was applied before a person wore them, it's still not okay. 
Like for example, uh, these days when we wash our clothes, we put, you know, there's soap and there's also fabric softener and the clothes smell so nice. And so, you know, a man, let's say a person puts on their ihram and they smell of laundry detergent, like really strong, that's not okay. So when you wash your ihram, okay, whatever it is that you want to wear, make sure you do an extra rinse so that the fragrance is out completely. Now we see over here in this hadith that just a few lessons we learn that first of all, the man asked a question, okay, and the Prophet ﷺ explained. So remember that there are two types of hadith. There are two types of hadith. One is a hadith, a statement of the Prophet ﷺ that we learn about that has a sabab, a reason behind it. Okay, like for example, an incident occurred and the Prophet ﷺ said such and such. Or a man asked a question, and the Prophet ﷺ said such and such. And this hadith is an example of that. That there is a sabab for this saying. And then secondly, we also find a hadith in which there is no sabab. There is no reason. Or we don't really see the context behind a certain statement. But it is still, of course, to be taken as hadith and taken benefit from. With sabab and with no sabab. One thing we notice in this hadith is that the man asked what should... The muhrim wear and the Prophet ﷺ gave him a list of what should not be worn. Because you see when you're told, just wear this. Like when we say to people, unstitched sheets. Okay. That sort of leaves them in confusion. What do you mean by unstitched sheets? Can I not wear this or that or can it have a belt? Is a hem also not allowed? Is a pattern okay? And things like that. So when he gave such an answer, that as long as it's not this and not this and not this, even though the answer is sort of long, this answer is more empowering and it also brings you out of confusion. Then we see over here that the Prophet ﷺ said that لا يلبسو, He should not wear. Now remember that there is a difference between wearing, wrapping oneself. Wearing a garment means putting it on. Wrapping yourself with a garment means, like for example, you have a jacket and you just put it on your shoulders. You don't put your arms in. You understand? Or for example, you have a shirt. Okay, You don't wear it, but you put it over your shoulders. You understand? You have an abaya. You're not wearing it as an abaya, but you just put it over your shoulders and you... You put it across your chest so that it's covering you like a shawl. This is called laffa. And remember that laffa is different from yalbas. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا يلبسو. He should not wear. So this means that in a case of necessity, a man can wrap a t-shirt or a jacket or even a thobe or whatever it is that he has to cover himself. In our previous class, we discussed about how if a person is cold in ihram, then what do they do? Do they freeze in those two sheets? No, they don't. They can cover themselves. Like, for example, they can take a blanket. If they have a jacket, they can put it on their shoulders. If they have a sweater, they can put it on their shoulders. If they have even a thobe, they can put it on their shoulders and wrap it. And that is completely permissible. Sheikh ibn Ruthaymin says that if a man is in a plane... And his ihram is not with him. And he is approaching the miqat. You understand the scenario? 
forgot the ihram bag, cannot find the ihram, realize that they checked it in, okay? And the plan was to change into ihram right before reaching the miqat. Now, he's going for hajj, this person, in a plane, ihram is not with him, and they're approaching the miqat. What should he do? He said that this man can remove his ghatra, he's talking about Arabs, okay? So the, the, the cloth that covers the head, uncover the head, and he should remove his sob and wrap it on his upper body, like, like an upper shawl, and keep his pants on. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever does not, in another hadith we learned, that whoever does not find an izar, a lower garment, should wear a sarawil. And his shirt, he can just wrap it on, on his shoulders like a rida. Okay? So he can just wear it like that. Because remember that hajj is not just for the rich and for the people who can find the best, you know, thickest and the most comfortable material. Okay? For ihram and it's amazing how sometimes ihram can actually be very expensive also. Um, so, and, and really sometimes a person can be in a situation like this, so we should know what to do. Because you see, when these things are taken out, then of course, what are you going to wear? You have to wear something on your upper body, right? Because the shoulders cannot be left exposed during salah. And something has to be worn on the lower body also. So what options do you have now? What options does a man have? It has to be an izar and a rida. But it still somewhat has a sleeve. And remember he said no burnus. Burnus is meant to be like a cloak. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, if the smell has faded away, there's no problem. But if you can smell the laundry, then the laundry detergent, then you should rinse it. Um, another thing we see over here. Okay, one question for you. Uh, where did the white come from? Like the, that men have to wear white ihram. And sometimes actually women also uh, are very strict about this, that only white ihram. People have special hajj abayas stitched and special white hijab stitched for hajj. Is wearing white necessary? Is it necessary? What do you think? Okay, the kafan is white, but this is hajj. Go ahead. That when it's white, then everybody is the same. So... Then the question is that, is it allowed then to wear something that's not white? This is a question. Um, because let's say a person cannot find, or, or for example, a person, remember the scenario where a person is in the plane and they don't, their ihram is packed away. And then let's say their thobe is a nice gray color. Then what? Can they wear that or is that not okay? So remember that in a hadith we learn that the best of your garments are those which are white. Okay, dress your living ones in them and shroud your dead ones in them. So definitely wearing white is mustahab. Okay, it is preferable. However, and also for the sake of uniformity, it's better. Okay, however, if there is some reason because of which a person has to wear another color, then that is also completely fine. There's nothing wrong in that. In fact, ihram does not even have to be new. It doesn't even have to be new. As long as it's clean, it's acceptable. Okay. What about a woman now? In this hadith, we learn about what a man cannot wear. What about a woman? What can she not wear? Or what is she supposed to wear? Her regular clothes? 
the only thing that a woman is not allowed to wear during ihram uh it's actually three things okay first of all uh what we learn in this hadith about um garments should not be perfumed they should not have wars or zafran so just like that a woman cannot wear perfumed clothing so whether that fragrance is coming from a laundry detergent or it is coming from a perfume that's not okay uh secondly what we learn is that a woman also cannot wear gloves or a niqab however we learn that fatima bint al-munzir and this hadith is in muwatta she reported that we used to cover our faces while in the state of ihram when we were with asma bint abi bakr and who is she the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and we learn from other narrations that this was because whenever the men would come in front of them or they would be in front of the men then they would cover their face and when the men would not be there then they would uncover so this is similar to how when there is a necessity uh you will cover your head with what uh, with a hat or with a uh, with a sheet to protect yourself from the cold or the heat similarly a woman who covers her face uh she will uh continue to cover when the men are present mm-hmm. yeah so uh these days ex- that's exactly what many women have to do continue to cover their face because of the presence of men everywhere bab ar-rukub wal irtidaf fi al-hajj ar-rukub riding alone irtidaf riding behind someone fi al-hajj during hajj why would you ride behind someone it's basically taking a lift right because you don't have your own ride so you take a lift with someone else so basically you're not walking here right this is what imam bukhari is talking about that you're not walking you are riding or you are asking someone to give you a ride so basically you see there is an idea that walking is somehow better that when you go for hajj you should walk instead of you know uh taking a ride going in a bus We see in this hadith حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد حدثنا وهب بن جرير حدثنا ابي عن يونس الايلي عن الزهري عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما ان اسامه رضي الله عنه so ibn abbas reported that usama رضي الله عنه who is usama the son of usama ibn usama is حب الرسول the beloved of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم we should know who he is Exactly. He's the son of Zayd ibn Haritha. Who was Zayd ibn Haritha? The freed slave of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam whom he had declared as his adopted son initially until that concept was abrogated. And remember that we learn about Zayd radiyallahu anhu that you know the comparison between the two because remember that Zayd radiyallahu anhu was married to who? Who did he marry? Umm Ayman. Who was from Abyssinia? So Umm Ayman was black and Zayd radiyallahu anhu was white basically. And so their son Usama was just like his mother. So it is said that Usama was like the night and Zayd was like the day. I mean there was such a difference. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved Zayd radiyallahu anhu so much and he loved Usama radiyallahu anhu so much. We see that love over here that at hajj what's happening usama 
rode behind the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Anna Usama radiyallahu anhu kana ridfa al-Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallama min Arafata ila al-Muzdalifa. From Arafah to Muzdalifa. So first it was the turn of Usama radiyallahu anhu. Thumma ardafa al-Fadla min al-Muzdalifa ila Mina. Then it was someone else's turn. Who al-Fadl radiyallahu anhu? Who was who? The son of Abbas radiyallahu anhu. So then Fadl rode behind the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from Muzdalifa to Mina. Qala fakilahuma qal lam yazal an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yulabbi hatta rama jamrata al-aqabati. So both of them said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continued to say the talbiyah until he did the stoning of the jamra al-aqaba. So something beautiful we see over here is how you can imagine all the children who were close to the Prophet ﷺ, or even the youth, wanted to spend time with him, right? And the Prophet ﷺ gave different people the opportunity. How just and fair he was. And we see very obvious over here that the Prophet ﷺ rode from Arafah to Muzdalifah and then from Muzdalifah to Mina. So he did not walk. Why? Because riding was more convenient. Now, sometimes it happens that really walking is more convenient. Because when you're stuck in that bus, right, on the road all night long, then you might as well get off and walk, right? So it really depends on your circumstances. There's no preference given to walking or riding over here. Exactly. Whatever is easy.